everybody. You are listening to Hotter Than Health, the podcast. This is a podcast focusing on fitness, nutrition, and an overall healthy lifestyle. My name is Eliza Gellman, and I am so happy to have you here with me for today's episode. Before we get into today's episode, wanted to say thanks so much for listening. Make sure that you like, subscribe, comment, review, share the podcast. That is the best way for it to grow organically. We don't want to do ads, don't want to do anything crazy. So again, for SEO sake, make sure that you're liking, subscribing, and any interaction you guys have with a podcast is so unbelievably helpful and it helps us go up a little bit in the ratings on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, wherever you are listening to it. Also, I just feel really um, passionate about making sure that I say that this episode contains so much valuable information and I don't think we've had an episode like it so far. Um, we're going to definitely need to follow up on this. We're going to need more information. And I just think that this is something that is so important and definitely speaking to me. Um, I know you guys, if you follow on Instagram, you've seen that I've been definitely listening to my body body more, focusing on different types of workouts that are lower impact. And it's really been benefiting me. Skin's a little bit clear. I feel a little bit clear headed. And I think that a lot of what we're going to talk about today is going to be impactful for people who have been struggling with a weight plateau. They've been struggling with their hormones. They don't really know how to listen to their body. So make sure that you guys have a pen and paper. There is so much content in this episode. If you have questions, if you want more information, make sure you listen until the end so that we can plug some of her, Adelie's, information uh, so you guys can contact her. Also, we're going to be talking about something called the Dutch test and highly recommend doing some research on this. I'm about to go ahead and purchase my own Dutch test. She's going to get into the ins and outs of it, but I want to make sure that you guys all have that name, D-U-T-C-H testing. You can Google it all that good stuff. Again, all this stuff is Googleable, but want to make sure you guys have it all easy to digest in one area. If you know of anybody struggling with any hormone issues or any type of weight plateau, any type of exhaustion, fatigue, especially centered around food and exercise, you feel like you're exercising like crazy and it's just not working for you. So this is the episode for them. Share, like, subscribe, do what you can. Thank you guys so much for listening. Let's get into the episode. I know you guys are going to love it. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening. We have the beautiful Adelie Kirsch, soon to be Adelie Duffy, but due to COVID, just, you know, a little, a little stretch of the Kirsch. Um, so today we're going to be interviewing Adelie. She is a health and fitness specialist and a wellness coach. And that is just a short way of saying that she does everything related to women. She has studied. She is brilliant. You guys can check out all of her certifications and all of her information on Instagram, but she is a certified personal trainer. She works with women on their issues for overall health. She takes a comprehensive approach with an emphasis on hormones, nutrition, sleep, mental health, in addition to physical health. So we're super lucky to have her on today. We're going to be tapping on a lot of different subjects, and I have a feeling that um, you guys are going to want a lot more of this kind of information. So get your pens and paper. We've got a lot to cover today and a really refreshing perspective from um, Adelaide. So Adelie, I always call you Adelaide. I'm so sorry. But um, if you don't mind, just introduce yourself, let people know how they can find you. And I want to hear how you got into this. 
Hey, again, I'm Adelie. <laughs> um, you did a really great job covering everything. Uh, like she said, comprehensive, meaning just in-depth. There, it, Wellness is not just exercise. It is your sleep. It is your relationships. It is how you feel by yourself. Um, and it's your, your nutrition. And what we're going to cover, it's also your hormones. How to find me. I am not very tech savvy, so I pretty much stay off the grid. I try to be active on Instagram. I do have a website that's sort of there. Um, I'm working on that part of myself, but I do spend a lot of time reading, researching, studying, and trying to make sure I understand everything so that I can explain it to people so they don't have to waste their time. Um, I got into this because in college I majored in kinesiology, which is a study of the movement of the body because I like to work out. I like to try to train with the guys. I was very into sports. I started to do a little bit of cancer research. So that got me into understanding um, our body's response to blood uh, sugar and how our blood responds and how exercise can help us. Um, and there's certain types of cancers that if you're doing um, exercise during chemotherapy, it can be beneficial. But anyway, I think I'm too sensitive. So I had a hard time continuing with that just because it was it is really heavy work and I don't think I'm cut out for it. Um, but I did learn a lot. And so I got out of school and started working one-on-one -on -one with people and realizing that with that information I'd already learned, I can really individualize. That's amazing. Talk too much. <laughs> no, you don't talk too much. That's so great. I think that it's a really refreshing perspective to hear someone come from a more science-based background and of course it's passionate but it's also really really selfless of you to understand your boundaries and say okay this is not something that I think I can do in this capacity with cancer patients because it is a very deep that's a deep arena so I think that um knowing yourself and listening to your gut with that is brilliant and you kind of tapped into what you knew and what you loved and put it all together so that's why you're good at what you do so let people know, and then I'm gonna really just like crush you with some questions, <laughs> just so much. When you first started getting into this, how have you integrated into um, more of a holistic approach with your clients? Can you walk us through a day in the life of your clients? How do they find you? What do they want? Like, what does your typical client interaction pipeline look like? Okay, well, I rewind to how I got into it because I didn't start holistic. I had my own hormone imbalances and I was working out a ton and I was gaining weight. My skin was a mess. I had anxiety, depression. I just felt totally imbalanced. So I was going to different doctors. Luckily, insurance is helpful with that. I, it was ex very expensive, but um, it's when people look at going to doctors versus doing a holistic approach, they think, okay, going to the doctor is cheaper because my insurance pays for it. So that's what I did first. And it was exhausting and I did it for three years and I would leave doctor's women's crying because they would say, you look fine to me, you're not overweight, you don't have hair coming out of weird places on your body, you're good. And I would leave, I would spend $300 on a copay to get whatever, talk to some special doctor. And then I would stand in the parking lot and cry because I was like, I, like, I felt very helpless. So uh, that's when I dove deeper into the hormone stuff. Because uh, I really want, I don't want this to happen to anybody else. And it is really exhausting when you don't know what's going on with your body. So that's why I'm so passionate about it. So when a client comes to me, I just hear them out about their goals. Uh, most people's is to gain muscle, lose body fat. Um, I discuss sleep with them and let them know that that's important. I try not to just throw all the information at them. We work on it every single time I'm with them. I try to 
teach them something new or focus on something new and not overwhelm anybody because we're always going to be working on our health. So that's sort of what a day in the, a day in the life, a day in the week of training <laughs> looks like come in, crack out a workout, but I am asking you questions about your sleep and where you're at in your cycle um, and what you're eating afterwards and things like that and talking to you and trying to adjust it specifically to that person. I have a question about this. So you just said, or you said in the beginning of this interview, you said, I like to train with the boys. And then you say, you know, we, we work out. I, I was crushing all my workouts. Like you were probably doing intense workouts, like heavy lifting, just powerful workouts. And that's when you were feeling like you just weren't yourself in your body and you couldn't figure out what was going on. So I, I'm sure you hear this all the time. You know, we have women and men who are, you know, doing these intense workouts five to six days per week, going on runs, hitting their macros, doing everything they can, but they just can't lose, they can't lose this weight or they're completely fatigued, all these different things. What is, what is a conversation that you normally have with someone when they come to you and they're at this plateau and they're like, well, I'm gaining all this weight and I am working out so hard. I know that's a big frustration for people. What is the first thing that you want to address with them? Is it nutrition? Is it sleep? I know it's like all of the above kind of, but what's one of those first little bits that you go with? It, it honestly just depends on the person. That's why I'm constantly asking questions. I guess constantly sounds like I'm drilling them. I just, first off sleep, like how are you sleeping? Then why aren't you sleeping? You know, if they're having trouble falling asleep, do it just, it, it, people have trouble falling asleep for different reasons and staying asleep or they feel really tired during the day. Usually that is a hormone imbalance. It, it, there isn't really like a framework to it when I'm talking to someone it, because it's going to, also depends on their personality too. Like there's somebody that I could really overwhelm by um, breaking it down really fast to mm -hmm. them um, where other people are like, give it to me straight. Um, but generally I'm teaching them to work smarter, not harder. Uh, a lot of people, and it like, it breaks my heart because I see people going and they're crushing it and they're like, I'm doing everything I can. I'm waking up early. I'm doing these ball busting workouts and they are fatigued. They're holding weight in their midsection and they're not confident and they're, then they're speaking negatively to themselves. So then we've got to work on how they're talking to themselves. Um, there's a quote, you can't fix a body you hate or something like that. But basically, uh -huh. um, shitting on yourself is not going to get yourself a better body um, true. or a healthier body, which is uh -huh. the end game. Yeah. And I think that a lot of people, it, it, you're like, there really are so many facets to it. And the more you work on it, the more you're uncovering that you could work on. So it like, you just keep digging and digging and digging until you really like get to the raw roots of where you're at. So I'll try to tell you how I kind of ease them into it because if it isn't a major issue, it can be fixed with food and me telling you when to do really hard workouts and when to slow down and when to stretch and when to focus more on your sleep and prioritize that over coming to me. Mm -hmm. um, versus going to get tested and, and that down, I'll explain the tested part um, in a second. So client comes to me and I'm asking them about sleeping and eating. I'm going to make adjustments and tell them what to eat after their workout, the timing of that, making sure they're getting enough carbohydrates. Hormones need carbohydrates, carbohydrates. So under eating carbohydrates um, increases fatty acid oxidation during exercise and um, encourages fat storage. Mm -hmm. So anyway, sorry, tangent. 
you need your carbs. But anyway, so I'll, I'll make sure that they're eating right. And if I can get them eating right and I can get them sleeping right, and they're still having symptoms that look like hormonal fluc uh, fluctuations, then I'll send them to um, do Dutch hormone testing. So Dutch hormone testing. I honestly think everyone should do it. It's expensive. It's not, it's not covered by insurance, which is what I was talking about earlier with when I transitioned from crying in the parking lot after the doctor to realizing I need to figure out how to help myself. And it ended up being a lot of money going into this kind of testing. Um, but it was worth it because I'm happy and healthy and less stressed and at a healthy weight and everything. So it's worth it. It does look like a lot of money when you first look at it. Um, but health is wealth. So anyway, Dutch hormone testing is a, these are like little paper sticks and you pee on them, I think four or five times, two in the evening, one, if you wake up during the night, two in the morning gets mailed in. And then this really comprehensive test comes back, multiple page document, ridiculously detailed, um, about your hormones. And it's going to talk about the hormones your body's making. It's going to, uh, talk about how they're metabolized and how you're metabolizing them. You will have, so normally when you do Dutch hormone testing, you have someone that's going to help you understand it too. It's not like you get all this information. You're like, now what do I do? You have someone, you pay someone to help you understand it. Like translate um, it basically. Yes. So that's basically what it is. Um, mm -hmm. It comes back with cortisol, um, testosterone, estrogen. I'm trying not to make this too complicated. There's a lot of details. When you Progesterone. You can name all the hormones. Like, I don't know if it, you can. Well, there's five, there's five major hormones mm -hmm. in the works during the, during the menstrual strike, menstrual cycle. It's estrogen, progesterone, FSH, which is follicle stimulating hormone, luteinizing hormone, and testosterone. Mm -hmm. But those are, those are like the main ones, but there's things like called DHEA, which helps with, and progesterone, I said progesterone, mm -hmm. but there's more, there's more to it basically. It's not that simple. That's why you need someone to help you understand it. But basically, it's going to tell you where you're at, what your body's making, what your body is absorbing, what your body, like everything. Um, and then you work with someone taking supplements and eating the right things and focusing maybe more on sleep. That's awesome. So yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot to that. I'm going to try not to go down that. I no, like I think that that's amazing because a lot of people think, um, a lot of people are interested in the at-home testing now. Um, I know we've talked about it on a lot of podcasts here. We've talked about like food sensitivity testing and we've talked about um, different gut health types of at-home testing. And I do think that the Dutch test has so much credibility. I've, from what I've understood, I haven't personally taken it yet, but I will um, more on that to come. But I do think that it's, I think I agree. I think it's really important because I just don't think that people understand like how deep rooted maybe some of their issues might be. It's not just like, oh, you're allergic to mushrooms and nightshades. You know, it's, you know, it's just, a, it's a bigger picture. Yeah. And, and your hormones have to do with your brain. So the test explains your like hypothalamus, pituitary, adrenal, and ovarian access. access. So your hormones are signals that are going on in your brain. They're signals that are going on in your gut. It's your central nervous system. It's all connected. So you get all that data back and you can do conventional, like go to a conventional doctor and get some of this tested, but it's, it's only going to get you so far. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe a good way to do it is, okay, maybe find someone in your area or that you trust. And even if, if you work with these Dutch tests on doing those readings, then, you know, reach out to Adelie or, you know, 
we, if you know someone or, you know, I did work with some guy named Stuart Gillespie. He doesn't live in Charleston anymore. And that's where I would send people. Um, But I started talking to this girl, Abigail, Abigail King. And I think she's wonderful. She's very experienced. She is more, she's not more, she's personable. Stuart was not from America. So I think he just had a harder time breaking it down for people. Um, Abigail's really great. So that's where I've been sending my clients recently. Great. We're going to, I'm going to hit her up too. <laughs> can do, I think she can do gut tests too. There should be a saliva test. Sometimes if your symptoms are pretty bad, then you have to do a saliva test because your CNS communicates with the neurotr- the neurotrans- with neurotransmitters. So the saliva okay. part is a whole other test. But anyway, she's experienced and understands all that. I do not do that. Great. So basically you, you're, if you're a woman or if you're a man, I think anyone should do this test. You think anyone should do this test just to get a baseline and say, okay, like I feel really healthy, but maybe like, how could I feel better? Or maybe these are some reasons why maybe it's just a nice way to get some answers and maybe not be concerned. So maybe set yourself up for success, do the Dutch test at home. And while you're waiting on those results, maybe reached out to a few local people who specialize in holistic hormone health or overall, if you're a female, maybe find someone who works mostly in the female arena. I think that would be great. So I'll definitely get with you on Abigail's information. Maybe we can plug her. She won't have any ideas. how girl. But um, I think that's really great. I cannot wait to do it. I might even have her uh, read mine when I get it back. But I think you should have her on here because she went to school for this kind of thing. This the things I understand about this is just me reading scientist stuff and rereading books and all this kind of stuff she went to school for it so I think she'd be a wonderful person for you to have on here because I'm just like I told you don't let me talk too much because I'll just start rambling about it um that's okay that's okay but a clear enough way but basically I feel very passionately about people getting tested if they feel like something in their body is off now if you feel like you're healthy and maybe just trying to which can lead us in the next thing eat and train around your cycle first Mm -hmm. to see if you feel like something's off or even if something's not off, you should be doing that anyway. Yeah. Uh, and then if you are doing that, you still feel like something's off. Like a lot of people complain about like their midsection having fat that usually has to, or like holding weight that usually has to do with uh, cortisol issues. Mm-hmm. And we talk about cortisol a lot. And a lot of the times we see these girls or I, I hate generalizing like that. I just typically, I, again, just like you more so work with women. So I'll see them, you know, lean, lean arms, lean face, lean shoulders, lean legs, but then yeah, it's, it's weight in their midsection. And then they say that they've been doing all this hit, all this cardio, all this, um, intense stuff, maybe lots of coffee and that type of thing. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's time for an incline walk, maybe some like Pilates, that type of thing. So I would love to hear about, the luteal cycle. So if y'all don't know what that is, I'd love for you to explain like what it is or luteal phases. Luteal is one cycle. So there's four. So if you're a guy and you you're listening right now, you might just write it down and send it to your girlfriend. You can treat your girlfriend really well or get off and you can go back to your manly workouts. I'm just kidding. So we have phase one, which is your bleed slash menstrual cycle. The second one is your follicular or your rise and your third is your luteal and the fourth one your menstrual follicular oh sorry i skipped over ovulatory so menstrual so that's the first usually the first seven days and you're going to want your foods to be comfort foods but that doesn't mean like 
mac uh, and cheese and like bologna. And cheese. Yeah. I'm more like warm soups or bone broth, rich in collagen, stir fries. And then uh, B12 and iron are really important then because when you're bleeding, you're losing both those things. So if you are not vegan, it's a good time to eat that burger. I do red meat once a month. This is around when I'll do that. And so, then so if you're the not. Yeah, so the bleeding cycle is when you would want to have your iron, your B12, and your like comforty foods. Warming, I should say warming. Comfort people are like mac and cheese, yeah. Okay, warming um, foods. So what are some more examples of that? Let's get specific. Warming, I guess that like, like soups, okay. mushroom, beets, wild rice. Um, this is like a Googleable thing too. Like if you were like, sure. what do I eat on my menstrual cycle? Because I don't remember what she said in that podcast. <laughs> It'll pop right up. There's usually different websites, and they all kind of say the same thing. Some of them will, some of them are a little bit different, mm -hmm. but generally you want um, warm, like warming stuff. Um, water, water-rich foods, fruits and vegetables. Uh -huh. um, that have an overall like low glycemic index uh -huh. so you're not spiking your insulin so like grounding earthy whole like warmy foods okay yeah I don't want to generalize it too much into grounding because no. there is another time where you should be having more like root vegetable kind of a thing oh, so <laughs> yeah again google google's great I have it so I have a chart that I send my clients that breaks it down and tells you like what proteins you should be having what vegetables you should be having what fruits what seeds great. so that's really helpful and then flaxseed something that is foods that are anti-inflammatory. And so this is all during your bleeding phase, which is typically personally when I'm on my period, it's that's not the time where I'm like trying to kill it in the gym. Yes. Like, well, the first couple days actually, mm -hmm. so usually the first couple days, maybe two, like literally first couple, one, two, you're going to be low energy mm -hmm. because a lot's happening in your body, but like three and on you're, you're actually most like a, a guy at that point, your, um, your hormones are the lowest. That's actually when you can start to crush it again. Okay. And then, so that's when you would want to do like your heavier weight training. If you're like going for PRs or that type of thing, that's when you would want to do that. Yes. So the last few days yes. of your period kind of. Yes. Cool. Yeah. That's pretty much the menstrual. You should have more energy during that time. It could take a couple days. If you're really tired the entire time and you still feel knocked out, there you go. There's your little red flag that something might be off. Um, so then next you have, which is your seven to 10 day phase is your follicular phase. And this is called your rise, rise phase. Um, you want your foods to be fresh and light. Um, you want to eat energy boosting foods. You can still, if you didn't get your burger in, you can get your burger. And now B12 is still important in here. If, okay. So also if you are low in B12, if you've had any type of testing, and you've had red meat recently, then you're having an absorption absorption issue. You shouldn't have to get B12 on a regular basis if you've had red meat recently. When you intake B12 via red meat, you it should stay in your system for a month. If it doesn't, then you know you're having an absorption absorption problem, not a lack of B12 issue. Uh -huh. um, sorry, side note. No, I, I tell um, people that all the time. They're like, should I take it every day? And I'm like, no, you shouldn't take your yeah. B12 every day. It'll stay in your liver for like at least two weeks. Like you're good. Yeah, it should stay. Um, if you are vegan, then dark leafy greens. But if you're having dark leafy greens, you need to pair that with vitamin C for better absorption. Um, so I just tell people like, because I don't want people to get, you know, food stress because that's a real thing. Like every meal they have, they're like, is this enough? Am I eating too much? So just light, fresh, colorful foods um, and stuff that, it can help you with digestion, like pickled vegetables, sauerkraut, probiotic rich, fermented, whatever. But 
basically light, fresh, and vibrant foods. And this seven to 10 phase is when you're going to have the most energy. This is when I like am running stadiums. I'm going crazy. This is, you can focus more on your, your willpower stronger. It's just a really great time for women. Um, so that's the week after your period. So like you feel like a guy for a little bit and then you feel like this, like, no, you don't feel like, like a guy. You don't feel like a guy. Your hormones are very low. You've basically been at your peak and then you completely drop them. And then that's what's the, the seven to 10 is the rise. Your hormones start to go back up, but we, our hormones are rising. So we have energy, but they're not super high. Okay. Okay. So it's like, you, you can start to like take on more. <laughs> Your estrogen is low is basically all I meant by that. Okay. <laughs> and you're stronger. Great. So Sorry. what kind of workouts are we doing? Not for every single person, but like, what are some good workouts that you would do during this uh, follicular cycle? So in the first half of the cycle, basically I split up into halves a little bit. Um, after they're, I usually let them like sleep or whatever and not come in to see me if they're like, I woke up, I'm bleeding, blah, blah, blah. But a couple days later, they should be ready to go. I'm going to have them do more of their jumping during this time. Um, we make a hormone that makes us a little bit more mobile. So towards the end of our cycle, that's higher and you're more likely to get injured and you also have less energy. But in the first half, which is what we're still in with the follicular is um, higher intensity stuff. That literally could be any, what, whatever you prefer. I mean, if you prefer sprinting or if you wanna do high, high low, then, then go for it. Like give it, give it everything you got because you know that you're not gonna have and be able to give all that energy in the entire month. Um, this is when I run stadiums or I try to work out with guys mm -hmm. so I get pushed, want to cry. <laughs> this is when you do that. But yeah, I also feel like during that time when I feel like I can take on the world, I also feel like I have a thicker skin. I don't get as reactive. I don't get as sensitive. Um, like I can take a joke way better. And I think that that yeah. all has, to, it, it really, it's true. Yeah. It's, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to win, but yeah. Yeah. So then as we, our hormones rise, that's when we start watching commercials and tearing up and getting in fights accidentally. <laughs> You're like, um, my nipples hurt and this is sad. <laughs> I'm like, why am I crying? It's a grasshopper. But anyway, so after this, after about 10 days, approximately, like everyone's cycle's different. And if you have a hormone imbalance, it's going to be even more different. So into ovulatory so that's only a couple days you're gonna be less hungry you should still have energy you want to have so your diet focus shifts to need proteins and fat during this time so you can do you can do low, lower carb which is a good time to do it because your body's not even really utilizing as much and if you are gonna eat carbs it's better that it's a lighter kind of carb like lighter carb like quinoa or red lentils Mm -hmm. um, and then also, this is a time where you switch to sesame seeds and sunflower seeds. So to touch on, if anyone's ever heard of seed cycling before, I think if you're going to do it, you have to be careful. You don't like have tablespoon after tablespoon of these seeds. It's something I like, you know, I'll toss some sunflower seeds in there or I'll eat dressing with tahini in there. Um, in the first half of your cycle, you're doing flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. So like omega-3 rich light types of yeah. Those okay. have influence on your, well, flax seeds have a different influence on your hormones than the sun, than the pumpkin. But if you have an imbalance, you might be doing more harm than good. So just be careful with that. But anyway, so don't pay too much attention to that part. So yeah, so this is more of a fiber focused ovulatory, ovulatory time. Fiber, um, light, like I said, 
not a lot of carbs because your body's focusing more on the protein and fat to help sustain positive energy. And you want to detoxify also so that the fiber um, expelling stuff mm-hmm. uh, will help uh, detoxify the increase in hormones. Okay. Okay. Because, okay. So during this time, like the third phase, yes. What is this called? Yes. We're in three ovulatory, menstrual, follicular, ovulatory, luteal. So ovulatory, we want to be focusing on our high quality proteins, leafy greens, and fats. Leafy greens is follicular. Well, okay. I mean, you can always have leafy greens. That's true. That's so true. But like foliage, fiber. <laughs> yes. Fiber. Great. Like Brussels, asparagus, eggplant, spinach, tomato, raspberries, strawberries, coconut. Mm. Again, if it's confusing, it's super Googleable. And mm. I also have a chart that I send to people that helps. But like I said, like so menstrual is comfort, water rich, B12. That's what you focus on there. Follicular is fresh and light. Ovulatory ovulatory is fibrous and light. Okay. Okay. And then ovulatory is only like a couple days, so you don't have to really, really obsess over that. Uh-huh. And the final would be the luteal phase. So this is when we start crying and we're, everything hurts. We don't want to do anything. Everything sucks. And we're depressed. Um, the worse that this PMS, the, the more aggravating this PMS is, the more likely you have a imbalance. Okay. During this phase, it is important, which no one will listen to me, but it is important to cut down on caffeine and alcohol because they will aggravate um, PMS. Um, they also interfere with the absorption of, of essential vitamins and minerals that are required for optimal menstrual health. Okay. So this is a great time for tea, not a great time for coffee. What about matcha? What do you think about matcha? I don't have an, I mean, if you have a caffeine issue where you're overstimulated, again, this is like a personal thing. Like I, if you have cortisol issues, I would stay away from caffeine. Um, I'm going to recommend matcha over coffee really anytime. Mm-hmm. Um, the antioxidants in it are great. Everything I've researched on matcha, if it's good quality matcha, which is important. I, so I would say, yeah, I recommend it. Great. And I've been trying to get ceremonial grade matcha as opposed to like the matcha that you have at Starbucks. They're like green tea latte. I'm like the first ingredient sugar. So avoid that one guys, by the way. <laughs> okay. So those are the four cycles and yes. I would love that chart because I need it in my bedroom. So I want to, and this is something that we didn't even talk about before the, oh wait, one question before I get into this. Workouts while you are like the week before your period. So that last luteal, like light stuff. If you feel like you have the energy, then go for it. I wouldn't do any jumping like I, or like anything that's going to over exhaust you because it can throw you like throw you off a little bit. But if you do feel like you have the energy, then go ahead and go do the workout. I would say stick to like medium weight lifting and walks and yoga. This is when I'm, I'll let my clients, if I know where they're at in their cycle and they're like, I need to sleep more. I don't want to come in today, blah, blah, blah. I let them. If they're in the follicular stage and they want to slack off, I yell at them. So just depends on where they're, where they are in their cycle. Like, which, which which Addy they get. I love that. I love that. And I'll, also you're like, well, I'm going to tell you which phase I'm in. Cause that's going to base my mood <laughs> on everything. Um, so I thank you for covering all of that. And I want to hear your thoughts and I'm sure this could be a 20 day long conversation, birth control. There are so many women who I talk to and they say, wow, I gained 20 pounds 
when I got on birth control in a matter of like six months and then I got off it, I lost it. And then I want to get back on it because of my acne. And then I want to get off of it because of my, like my periods. So I personally, I am not a fan of hormonal birth control, but that's a personal opinion. Um, what are your thoughts on birth control, the pill, hormonal birth control? And also, do you have any experience or knowledge on your, um, like just tracking your cycle naturally? So tracking my cycle, I do track my cycle. I encourage all my clients to track it so that we can train more efficiently. Uh, birth control, I do not recommend it. I, when I was on it, it was great. My skin was glowing all the time, like great skin, never had a pimple. I just felt sexier. My boobs are bigger. I was physically flourishing, but <laughs> it, it's not a real hormone. So it, it, over time taking it will mess up your hormones down the line. So I, and I also have, um, PCOS or I've been told I have PCOS. There's, there's weird stuff out there about PCOS, whether you have it or whether you're not, whether you don't, sometimes mm -hmm. it's based on testosterone. I have cysts on my ovaries. So sometimes they, whatever, PCOS aside, <laughs> I do not recommend it. Um, there are people that feel like they really need it. And if they need to do that for a certain amount of time and that's fine, but overall, no, I don't recommend it. That is kind of where all my problems started in mm -hmm. 2012. I got off of it and my body did not know how to make hormones anymore. And I was training a lot and I was drinking a lot and I probably wasn't eating correctly with my, you know, I was thinking about like protein and don't eat after my workout. Cause I'm going to eat sushi at 9 PM with my friends and drink a shit ton of wine mm -hmm. that screwed my body up. So even if you aren't being an idiot and eating 11 o'clock sushi and pouring a wine bottle into your throat birth getting off birth control is going to be confusing for your body and it's going to take some time to get your hormones to stabilize so no overall i do not recommend it okay and thank you for saying that and i would prefer like it's just i i just feel so passionate about opening up that conversation because i just feel like for so many women we or they started taking it when they were so young and they didn't have this information and it just fucks with your hormones so early on. Like I got up in birth control when I was like almost 15 and I just had no idea until I got an IUD, which was still hormonal. And then I was like, what is this cystic acne, my depression? And then I got off of it for two years. So now I have an IUD, it's the Paragard. So it's copper, it's not hormonal, but it's still like, uh, it's still a physical being in my body. So what are your thoughts on the Paragard non-hormonal birth control? I don't have a strong opinion on it because I don't really research it. I just, after I got a birth control, my main focus was I want to be stable without anything else. And I'm tempted. I've been tempted a lot over the years to go back to it. Like I said, I, my boobs are bigger. My skin was clear. Felt, I, I feel like I was glowing all the time. It was great. But I really do, what's more important to me is that I'm healthy on the inside and that I am stabilized on the inside. Um, yeah. And so- I love that, uh, that's great. Birth control, there are different types of birth control and I'm not here to talk about that or how babies are made, but um, I do not that. recommend you know, That's not what I'm here for. Um, <laughs> we can talk about how babies are made. Uh, yeah, so I don't recommend the pill, but on other types, I haven't done my research and can't really rec like give much input. There you go. Fair enough. And, um, do you have any 
resources that you use to naturally track your cycle. I'm sure that maybe you do it just on your own now, but I use flow. What do you use? Yeah, I have two. I like had a bunch at one point. I'm just trying to figure out which one I like the most. Uh-huh. Um, so I switch between clue and flow. I don't know why I like having two. I'm not really sure. Um, but I have two clue and flow. Another one is moody. Um, that one's kind of different. So I think it really just depends on what you want, what you want to log and what your issues are, because it's not just like how, where you are at in your cycle that you're tracking. Sometimes it's tracking, you know, all your symptoms and your emotions and mm-hmm. your whatever else. So. And it kind of reminds you of like, I'm looking at mine right now and it says period in five days. So maybe that means right now I need to be like chilling and not putting a million tasks on my plate like I'm doing now. So yeah. So there's actually really other, there's another cool thing about tracking your cycle aside from like exercise and food um, is there's actually, which I'm not, haven't totally dug into, but there's certain times of your cycle in in each, there's four, the four different phases Mm -hmm. where you focus more on different parts of your like life and personality. I didn't explain that well. Um, so like in luteal, if you like to paint, like this would be a great time for you to paint in follicular. That's when, you know, your hormones are still low, but the rising, that's when you're going to be doing more like, that's when I would like clean my house because in luteal, I'm going to be like, I'm tired. I'm not doing that right now in follicular. When you have all the energy, that's when I would meal prep at the end of your follicular phase for your luteal, because in your luteal phase, you want your um, meals to be way more balanced. Um, because you're going to have cravings, a lot of cravings in your luteal phase. Um, and to prevent that, you want to make sure you are not getting too hungry and binging on bad food. And you want to make sure you have the food prepared for you. And a lot of people, when they get tired in the luteal phase, they just go in the kitchen. I didn't make anything. I'm too tired to make anything. And they grab the bad shit in their pantry. Mm-hmm. So optimizing your actions during each of your cycle is also important. Okay. I love that. Okay. And I don't want to take too much more of your time. I just, I just have so many more questions and I'm sure all of us do, but I think that this was a great place to start. I think that there's just so much we can tap into as far as I'd love to do a podcast with you again on, you know, just cortisol or sleep. You know, last guest I had on here, Abigail, she was talking all about, or I'm sorry, Bailey, we just talked about Abigail. Um, her name was Bailey and we talked all about sleep and the importance of it reflecting our gut health. So it's just so crazy how all these things are intertwined. And so I love that this is now a conversation that we can have openly without seeming all woo woo and stuff like that. I'm, I'm sick of acting like it's not a real thing and we can just persevere and push through. And I'm like, if you just listen to your body, then you'll flow and be a lot happier. But yeah, it's beneficial uh, for your body, your relation, your relationship with yourself and other people. Like if you're like, I'm really tired because like, you know why you're tired. It's not, that person may not be being that annoying. It could be just you. <laughs> it's just like, you can't take a joke today, Eliza, and I need you to back off and stop crying. Um, like go take a rest day. So before I let you go, I have two rapid fire questions and I have to steal this from my friend, um, Christy Smith. She just started her podcast, Gather and Get Real. Go check it out. Um, okay. What is your favorite and like, what would be your last meal and what is your favorite, uh, not healthy, but what is your favorite sweet treat? So last meal, favorite meal ever. And what's a sweet treat that you would go to like during your luteal? <laughs> um, I love cereal. Like I love cereal. I don't, it like healthy cereal. Honestly, I think I like healthy cereal more than sugary cereal, but yeah, cereal is my answer. That's my sweet treat or what kind of cereal? 
I'm not, I hate to say this because it's so boring, but I love Kashi cereal. If I'm going to be fun and like lie, I would say Reese's Puffs because they're really good, but that isn't what I'm craving. I want like granola-y, a giant bowl of Kashi cereal. I love that. When I was little, we used to do two boxes of cereal. We would do Puffins and then a Kashi, oh and then a Kashi yeah. cereal. We would do it together with a scoop of peanut butter in it in like a giant oh. jar with cinnamon on top. Oh, it was so I think you said when you were little though. So that's good. So I still, like, I think a couple days ago had cereal, but I mixed three different kinds. Not weird. I respect because it. I, I <laughs> so it's not my, that's not like my last meal of my life. That's uh, what I want to have on a regular basis. But okay. anyway, yeah. Wait, I did. I did. You asked me before we started about intermittent fasting, and I wanted. I do want to touch on that. I'll try to wrap that up in one minute because you okay. asked me okay. about it. So, what I do want everyone to know with intermittent fasting is that there is not enough research. Most of the research is done on mice. I have done intermittent fasting, and I love it. Um, it is beneficial for your gut bacteria. It's beneficial for your actual gut because it gives it time to rest, and it can be beneficial for your hormones if done right but there is not enough research on it. So if you are interested in doing it, it should be done in a certain time frame. because the longer you go after you wake up without eating, the more it's gonna screw with your hormones and other things. So the best thing to do when you are experimenting with intermittent fasting is eating an early dinner and like around six. So that way you're eating usually within the first two hours of you waking up, which still follows like rules around hormones. So eating around six, p.m. and then around 10 a.m. the next day. I don't like when people wait until 3 p.m. to eat because if you do that once in a while, that's fine. But doing that all the time, one, screws with your hormones, and two, your body will adapt to that and will get used to being awake at seven or whenever you wake up and then eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, three, five, six, seven, eight. That's eight hours where your body is not getting food. And if that happens on a regular basis, it will start to hold on to energy. You will not be able to break down your energy as easily because you've basically told it, I'm not gonna feed you. So your body's not gonna, it's, it's smart. It's in a survival evolutionary mindset. So if, you're, if it's used to not eating for eight hours from when you get up, it's, it's gonna hold on to that energy. And you're not gonna be able to burn fat as easily. That's all I wanted to say. Be careful, bye. <laughs> It's so true. It's so true. I have a lot of people say like, and, and the worst part is, is that they'll come in and they'll do like a really fucking intense class, burn 600 calories and they're just dying it. They take a 6am class, 7am class, and they don't eat until noon. And I'm like, okay, this is defeating everything. I am like, it's, it's so challenging, but then it's also uh, good, good learning opportunity. Not saying that I have it. And one, th I'm going to add one more thing and then I'll shut up. Okay, when women drop too low in their carbs, um, so that could just be like on a daily basis where you didn't work out and you're just doing low carb, high fat, or if you're doing a really intense workout and then you're not eating right away or you're not eating enough carbohydrates, it causes a drop in estradiol, which is a female sex hormone. And then it has a rise in estrone, which is, it signals your body to store fat. So too low in carbs, your body says, I'm not getting enough drops your estradiol, rises your estrone, which causes your body to store more fat and your cortisol levels, which also signals fat storage. So just know that when you're doing low carb a lot, that's what's happening to your body.
it doesn't mean like go eat eight slices of bread. It means find balance. And it's like, yeah, it means, don't be scared it of means them. put a giant cup of berries in your smoothie. It means I get gluten-free muffins off offline that I eat. Like just mm-hmm. pay attention to your carbs. It is not egg whites and lettuce. Yeah. That's and, gonna- and carbs are where you get fiber. Fiber you need to remove all those excess um, hormones, just like you said. So it's yep, like yep. lots of things like that. But also I would like to just say this, and am I crazy for saying this just based on an observational standpoint, men are better with low carb diets than women are. I well, yes. Women like, are not small men. We, we don't have the same body. So men don't need the carbs. So from an evolutionary standpoint, it makes sense. The female body reads stress and says, oh my God, you can't have a baby under this kind of stress. You're stressed. You're not, your, your, your body's sending alarm signals. So your body's not getting ready for, to have a baby or to, to be healthy. It's, it's in a high stress state. Whereas for a man, high stress means they need to be fight ready. They lean up faster. They're more prepared for anabolic activities. Their testosterone increases. So they lean up and we put on all the, we'll, we'll put in a week's worth and we'll be like, oh my God, I lost a pound. And they like cut out peanut butter and they lose five pounds. So such bullshit. I know. And also people, I mean, this is, here we go. Another full conversation, but it's like you, you have this man who is fight or flight fighter mode. And then women were like more hunter or not hunter gatherers, but like grazers and berry picking and not saying that women were like fairies that didn't do anything, but you know, they were intermittently eating throughout the day. So thank you for saying that. And I just wanted someone else to say it. That is wonderful. Cause I would always like, it's so great when you're dating a guy and they're like, yeah, I'll have the burger. And it's like, Ugh, I don't even want the bun. I'm like, you don't even want the bun? I'm like, I'll eat it. Yeah. Oh, your bun and mine. <laughs> Perfect. I'll just roll it into a bowl. It's only one. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Let's get your last meal. And then I want you to plug yourself, pimp yourself out. My last meal would still be cereal. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I mean, ice cream, French fries are really great. If they're good French fries, not bad French fries. What's your favorite French fry in Charleston? Ooh, I mean, I don't know. I just don't like the like McDonald's like fry. I don't actually not McDonald's, but like skinny stick fry. I want like a like a waffle fry is great. Who you want like a wedge? I don't want a wedge though. I don't like when it's too potatoey. If I want to eat a potato, I want a potato. I want this yeah, to be like fair. Carlson has a lot of good fries. Yeah, not really do. Okay, amazing. Thank you so much. And now pimp yourself out. Where can people find you? What's your Instagram? My Instagram is ak47fit, and you can find me there. <laughs> um, like I said in the beginning, I'm not super tech savvy. I'm not on the, um, on, I try to be on Instagram. So contact me on Instagram if you're interested, and then we can chat. And honestly, she has such great content, and it's not overwhelming, and it's human, and it's not this like curated fucking stuff where everyone, everything like looks the exact same. She's killing it. She's amazing local in Charleston, but you don't have to be local to Charleston. If you're listening to this and you want to get a little bit more information, you just want to have a conversation again, AK 47 F I T on Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. I know I've taken, Thank you of so your much, Eliza. Uh, I can't wait to do this again. And, um, I will talk to you soon. Have an amazing rest of your day.